You're listening to an Art Gallery of Ontario podcast. AGO Talks are recorded live in the gallery and feature artists, writers, and curators exploring how art shapes and inspires us. Please visit us online at agonet slash talks. Good evening and welcome. My name's Gillian McIntyre and I coordinate the adult programs here and it's a special delight this evening to welcome Richard Tuttle. So tonight, Richard Tuttle will be in conversation about Agnes Martin and his own work. I've asked him to talk about his own work too, which is very interesting. And he'll be in conversation with Associate Curator Michelle Jakes from the Contemporary Department, who actually brought the Agnes Martin exhibition here, and Georgiana Uriaric from the Canadian Department, who's also been working on the Women at Work series with Ava Hesse and Betty Goodwin with Michelle. So it's a wonderful series. I hope you've all had a chance to see it. I would like to thank, before we start, the Terra Foundation, who have funded these three talks. We had Lucy Lippard on Ava Hesse, and we have Kitty Scott on November 17th on Betty Goodwin. And I would also like to thank American Express, who fund our contemporary education programs. Art Smart Women also fund all of our education programs, and we're very grateful for these, so we're able to present these programs. Richard Tuttle. Throughout his career, Richard Tuttle has deliberately sought to create works that command attention through quiet means and humble or fragile materials. His use of line has been a signature which he continually reinvented. Tuttle received his BA from Trinity College, Hartford, Connecticut in 1963, and by 1975, his first major show was organized at the Whitney Museum of American Art. Nearly 300 solo exhibitions of Tuttle's work have been mounted since 1965. Significant group exhibitions include the three Venice Biennales and Biennales at the Whip Museum of American Art and the Corcoran Gallery of Art Washington. Recent major solo exhibitions include The Art of Richard Tuttle, San Francisco Museum of Modern Art, which traveled to five museums over two years, and The Use of Time, Kunsthaus Zug, Switzerland. His work can be found in many public collections worldwide, including Centre Pompidou, Musée National d'Art Moderne, Paris, Kunstmuseum Winterthur, Switzerland, Ludwig Museum, Cologne. Richard Tuttle joined the Pace Gallery in 2007. He lives and works in Abiquiu, New Mexico, and New York City. A solo museum exhibition of Tuttle's work will be mounted in Dublin City Gallery, the Hugh Lane, Ireland, from November 20th. 2010. Agnes Martin and Richard knew one another for over 40 years. So over the last 24 hours, I've been listening to some amazing stories about Agnes Martin, which I had no idea about before. So I'd now like to welcome the three up on the stage. I have the, the pleasure of starting us off. Um, just to, to give you a little bit of uh, kind of framing device about um, why Agnes Martin, why Richard Tuttle, why Richard Tuttle on Agnes Martin. Um, we are lucky enough uh, to have in the AGO's permanent collection two uh, marvelous canvases by Agnes Martin. The Rose of 1964 and Untitled Number 8 of 1977. So as we were developing this series of exhibitions that would look at um, women artists and their studio practices, 
uh, we decided to take a closer look at, at Martin. And um, the way that we uh, decided to do that was to bring a, a very special work here. It's called The Islands. It's a 12-part painting. Some have described it as Martin's magnum opus. 12 six by six foot canvases painted in 1979 in New Mexico. And um, you know, the remarkable thing uh, about this, this work, uh, which exists in 12 parts, is that it gives us the opportunity to look at the, the very subtle modulations in Martin's language and approach to painting across a very uh, closely related series of, of canvases. And um, I think that, uh, you know, those of us who have seen the works in the AGO's collection are aware of the exquisiteness and the remarkableness of the experience of looking at a Martin. But um, to stand in the room with these 12 paintings surrounding you is a very special experience. Um, and yet it's somehow still very mysterious. There's something very unknowable about Martin's work. I think even those of us who love it struggle to understand it and struggle to describe what it is about the work that touches us so deeply. Um, and as Gillian mentioned, um, Richard Tuttle knew Agnes Martin for over 40 years. As a very young artist in New York, uh, I think he was probably 23 at the time, if my math is correct. Um, he, he, <laughs> sought, he sought Agnes Martin out. He had seen her work and recognized something very special and unique in it and wanted to meet the artist who had made this work. So this is a really remarkable opportunity for us to hear from somebody who knew her well and knew her for a long time. And also, uh, I think because of affinities between Richard's work and Agnes's work, um, he has a real uh, insight into how and why she created. So the first question uh, to start us off um, is, what was it in Agnes's work? that made you want to seek her out, to meet her and visit her in the studio? Mm. <clears throat> um, I, uh, I don't think it uh, was uh, so much uh, in her work at that point, um, but uh, uh, I had seen her on a uh, train going to Hartford, Connecticut to an opening. Uh, and uh, uh, I heard this little voice in my head say, uh, uh, that person has something to say to, to me. Uh, and I certainly never, that has never happened to me before. So um, uh, it was, uh, uh, I, I'm not the kind of person who, you know, calls up artists, you know, even if I, no matter how much I admire uh, them, uh, but this uh, voice in the head uh, was uh, uh, a powerful uh, motivator, and uh, it was uh, I, uh, 
actually enlisted uh, in the Air Force to be a, a, a pilot, um, and which was like throwing your life away because you're committed to about uh, 25 years at least. Uh, and I thought, well, uh, uh, it doesn't matter anymore because, you know, I've thrown my life away. And I went out on the street and called her on the phone. You know, the induction center. Uh, she, or the studio was near the induction center, and uh, uh, I. Uh, 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 part of that was I, I didn't need my savings, so I, I, wa I wanted to buy a drawing, and. Uh, I, uh, I was not satisfied uh, with what she showed me until I got the drawing, which for her at that moment was absolutely at the edge of where her work had, had gone. Uh, and it was, in fact, the first drawing that uh, she had made that was an all-over grid. Um, and she loved to tell the story afterwards that she... Uh, uh, that I, uh, it took her so long uh, to get me to pay for it, but that, 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 was, that was not true. <laughs> um, yeah, we certainly get the impression that um, Agnes liked to tease you. <laughs> <laughs> you do, yeah. yeah. It's an honest tradition. <laughs> you said earlier that um, when she was asked, what is it that she paints, that her answer was, I, pa I paint far out abstraction. Okay, okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> and even though she had a way with words and, and she was quite precise in what she meant, what, what, how do you think she saw herself in relation to the development of abstraction and perhaps abstract expressionism in particular? Um, yeah, that's a, it's a very interesting question because, uh, you know, uh, there's a part of artists who are cognizant of what, in fact, they're doing, and then there's a part that might not be cognizant. Uh, um, and, um, uh, and I think she was typical of, of that. Uh, but uh, one of the uh, great uh, lines, uh, and I, I don't want to make this anecdotal, uh, but um, sometimes uh, her own words uh, capture uh, the answer best. And um, uh, she, this was uh, perhaps in the, in the 80s, and she'd had uh, quite a bit of success, uh, financial uh, uh, and uh, critical, um, and she uh, uh, sat in her chair and, and mused in my presence, and I think someone else was there as well. And she said, you know, um, I have everything I ever wanted. Uh, I, uh, all my uh, needs and uh, for comfort are, are answered, um, and still, uh, some mornings I wake up depressed. That proves the emotions are abstract. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
I think, uh, and for me, that proves that she knew uh, she took uh, abstraction uh, in uh, painting farther uh, than anyone else had and still has. So have you, have you uh, thought about over the last 40, 40 years that voice that told you to, that you needed to know that person or that that person could teach you something? What, what was the voice urging you towards? Um, uh, I, th I think, um, and I speak to the artists and who, are, who, are, who are here, and um, um, uh, you know, to, as we all do, start from zero and try to uh, uh, realize uh, our nature in the actual world, uh, there are uh, uh, many twists and turns, and um, each person is unique, has to do it their own way. Um, and um, I, uh, uh, as, a, as a nature, um, I am, um, okay, uh, in the sense you, you can, art can come about in two ways. It can either come from a collective, which is by far the most typical, or it can come from the individual. And uh, for example, it, uh, uh, young artists will meet each other in an art school or a certain art scene and maybe make a gallery together and, and uh, carve out their ideas uh, in, a, in, a, in a collective uh, situation. Uh, but um, my type uh, is, is not, not that. Uh, and I've, uh, I've always known that. Um, and in fact, ever since I was uh, 10 years old, I guess, I, uh, I knew I was uh, in search of an artist. And I began with a guy, the Sunday painter down the street, and uh, then I found somebody who was a couple towns away and got on my bicycle when I could, and I you know, kept looking for uh, that artist that uh, I was... Uh, was looking for, and I think um, that's the um, uh, because you know um, I don't know uh, I I like to wrestle a little bit uh, with this uh, issue of um, you know levels. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about. Um, I said, you know, well, this is a, a line of Agnes's, that some art aspires to take you out of yourself, some art aspires to take you out of this world. Two completely different kinds of uh, art that results from those in intentions. Um, one of the uh, uh, most uh, 
significant things about Agnes's uh, work is uh, that uh, it is what I call a reality-based art. It, its ambition is to create for you an experience of reality. And on the other side of that, uh, there's the kind of art that's imitation-based. Uh, and uh, that kind of art uh, is more or less like the kind of art that wants to take you out of yourself. You know? The reality-based art wants to take you out of this world. Yeah. And, okay, another distinction, maybe we can just deal with those three, three distinctions, but a very, very important distinction with, with Agnes uh, is uh, she saw uh, the opportunity, the opening, uh, that uh, uh, she could create using primary line not secondary line. You know. The difference there is, you know, secondary line is always in the service of representation or in the service of something else. You can have line, a good example, I don't know why that comes to mind, but an artist I admire a lot, uh, uh, English abstractionist uh, Ben Nicholson. You know, there the line, which is superb, it's sec still secondary and it's because it's in the service of, uh, of his uh, abstract work, which is a kind of abstraction that is uh, uh, mm, you could say um, uh, derived uh, in some way or another. And that's not my point is, uh, to, to get into that. Agnes, on the other hand, uh, realized in, with her ambitions uh, toward abstract art, uh, realized that she uh, could get closer to where she wanted to be if she used primary line, not secondary line. And people have, have uh, spoken uh, I think very succinctly about uh, this and saying that uh, with Agnes's work, you can actually see line, you know, for you know, um, what it. Uh, okay, uh, mm -hmm. so uh, no, I, I don't. I don't want to. Um, uh, yeah, um, uh, but does. Yeah, does, does that, uh, uh, can we accept uh, that there's a, uh, 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 you know, prime, uh, a, a, a primary and a secondary in, in line? Is that, yes. is that possible? Yeah, okay, good. So, uh, Are you trying to get away from the subject of line? Because there were some things that you said yesterday that, um, I don't want to push the point of conversation, though. Um, mm. But if I, if I remember correctly, you, you actually um, proposed that, I think the word that you used was uh, um, 
the top moments, like the top moments in art history have been times when you see primary lines. Uh, and I took that to mean that sort of those were kind of, you know, kind of key moments when, when just things exploded and, and there was really something new. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a, a, a ripe example, of course, is um, the line as it's used in uh, red figure uh, attic pottery, you know, of the uh, 500 BC. I mean, uh, believe it or not, uh, no one has ever figured out how they made that line. Uh, there's. Uh, um, and it, it's certainly, uh, uh, well, without doubt, uh, the most outstanding uh, line uh, in, in, of art. Um, and, um, but that's a, that's a case where uh, you, you had this, uh, uh, oh yeah, I, I, I guess I wanted to just to, uh, I don't know why I feel uh, 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 these distinctions are, are still uh, haven't been established, but but the um, uh, in um, uh, there are it's an open uh, question um, uh, when philosophy was born. Uh, some people say it was the East Greeks, you know, who said, uh, what is fire, what is earth, what is air? Just that question, uh, uh, who uh, actually uh, uh, gave birth to philosophy. There's, and the other group says that uh, it's not until the uh, Academy of Plato and Aristotle uh, who, uh, um, uh, created this uh, the birth of philosophy. Um, I uh, and uh, I find uh, the artist uh, struggles uh, with that because uh, your um, the reality based art leads back to the East Greeks, you know, to the birth what some people say is the actual birth of philosophy. And the imitation-based art leads back to Aristotle and, and Plato. Now, those are really such completely different things. Uh, but and, um, I think the Agnes's uh, work um, uh, has a You know, in order to gain, to achieve uh, the uh, experience Agnes wants us to in looking at her painting, uh, we have to be able to, say, I don't know, work, uh, but we have to be creative. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to see rather than look. And this is another one of those, <laughs> those distinctions. And, and, uh, uh, Julian, I'm I'm going to. Uh, 
I, I was promising to be mean, and I'm, I've been too nice so far. So, <laughs> Jillian, this is for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it, it, you know, uh, theoretically, uh, and, and really, this is uh, so significant with Agnes's contribution that uh, you know how you know every human being is born with uh, you know five senses. You know. Uh, uh, um, we can look, uh, but we have to learn how to see. And uh, when, uh, you know, a, uh, certainly, a, uh, and I find uh, in most uh, education, art education programs, this is what I'm saying, you know, uh, it stays fully within the uh, category of looking. It has not uh, uh, helped uh, people to make this transition from looking to seeing. And I don't even know if uh, uh, someone can be taught how to see. But one of the things I do know is one can instill, like uh, just as I am now, uh, a, a, a question like, you know, am I somebody who can see? Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm going to even turn the, the, the blade a little bit because, you know, if you can see, uh, you come to all the best things there are in life. Yeah. If you can look, you come to all the worst things of life. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can see, uh, you can have conversation, almost uh, endless conversation with another human being who can see. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, almost like a, uh, an intention uh, that with all our five senses, we are supposed to go, uh, in my, this is a, a, the intention of the way I see it, but uh, that uh, with those uh, senses that we're born with, uh, they, they are meant uh, to be uh, developed and um, um, in Agnes, uh, you certainly see someone who was uh, born uh, with enormous sensitivity, but not particularly any chance to develop a sensibility. And yet she turned out with probably one of the great sensibilities that ever has walked the face of the earth. Yeah. And uh, what she's given us you know these 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 paintings. The, the uh, uh, the uh, experience of, of of reality, on and on. Uh, her 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 stories, her life. Uh, it's uh, and actually one of the things she she would would say, uh, and she was extremely humble and self-effacing and. Uh, and uh, would say things like, and this uh, I thought of, in, because we're, we are trying to keep this about the show upstairs and the sort of you know, work ethic uh, concept. Uh, she would say that uh, one of her lines was, the only thing you can, uh, the only good thing you can say about an artist is that they work hard. <laughs> uh, 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 
But uh, yeah, no. Uh, I want. I wonder if I could add another distinction. Mm. We are neither looking nor seeing her work right now. <laughs> mm. um, and that's something that we did quite purposefully because uh, not only does photography not capture mm. what, what she created, mm. uh, it's completely unrelated were we to look at a slide of her work. However, these are works that you experience. And yesterday, uh, when we stood in the space together, there was a wonderful distinction, distinction that you made between work that she made more or less before she moved to New Mexico. Uh, although she had been in New Mexico in the 40s and 50s and 60s, she was there intermittently. This idea that, um, that work, because she took a break, right? Mm -hmm. So from late 60s to about 1974, she did not paint at all. Mm -hmm. She rested. It was a beautiful way, the yeah, way you yeah. said that. But the distinction you made between that, let's say, work before and after, was one where you made a separation between perception and recognition. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I wonder if you could, although I feel quite full of that now. <laughs> uh, uh, Perhaps we can share that. Um, uh, yeah, okay, and uh, I, I kind of knew, um, she, she kind of hinted she would ask that, that question, so I'm, um, uh, I, I thought about it. And the, the, uh, uh, what I think is very uh, important uh, <clears throat> is that Agnes was Absolutely, as an, as an artist, focused and a believer that the mind, art is about the mind. Yeah. Uh, she, would, uh, she admired abstract expressionism very, very much, and she would say that uh, well, in that uh, construction of uh, art, uh, the artists, uh, of the group uh, saw that the human being is about 93% uh, nature and about 7% not nature. And she thought that art was really, you know, it's, it's about the human being and it's the 7% uh, which is where art comes from and where art is intended to go. So, and that's, uh, for her, the, the mind, you know, that 7% is really about the human mind. Okay, so um, uh, the, um, uh, what, uh, the um, uh, contributor that she was, uh, she, uh, uh, worked as hard as uh, she could. And uh, the first thing about the mind uh, that interested her was uh, about perception. You know, that the mind is something that can perceive. You know. and, and, you know, like a eager beaver uh, and a, 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 good, a good person, uh, she, uh, she uh, uh, worked and worked and worked uh, to uh, I mean, paint uh, the uh, the mind 
that perceives. And I think you have, you have to understand that um, uh, after that, uh, you know, as a result of the world wars um, and the 20th century, uh, art really changed. And one of the most significant changes is that uh, subject matter absolutely exploded. And from that point on, it became a question, uh, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, who you were, what you could be, how you could contribute, what you chose as subject matter. Agnes chose the mind's perception. Unbelievable, unbelievable choice, you know. So true to art, so necessary, you know, so artistic, you know. Uh, all, everything that you could uh, expect. And yet the means that she chose are so simple. You know. And I must say also restricted that her project uh, was uh, one uh, where she forced herself to, to, to be the art maker who only was concerned with the mind's perception. It wasn't because she was a minimalist, you know. I mean, you know, we see it that way, and that's fine, you know. But, but the there was there's always uh, there's a, me- a you know a method to the madness, you know. That, uh, that she, this was what she was every, and you know, uh, there's not one drop of excess. I mean, I don't know if that's my idea. Uh, I think it's my idea, you know, but, but, the, uh, uh, um, but you know, an artwork uh, is something, you know, it's the only thing we have where uh, we can uh, capture, you know, everything uh, that it is we mean and eliminate everything it is that we don't mean. You know? And... Um, uh, when you've already decided to uh, aim for the experience of reality and work with a primary, because um, there's also, you know, all the elements have, you know, there's primary color, there's primary um, composition, there's primary whatever, um, but the efficiency of Agnes is that she just chose line. You know, uh, and that's a serious artist, you know, because I mean, uh, you know, uh, she could, uh, yeah, well, I, I don't have to spell that out. And, and that's another er- er- error that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, a, fr- a very good friend of mine has a wonderful line where he says, uh, great art uh, sums it up and poor art spells it out. <laughs> <laughs> and so what, hap- what happens in the 70s um, with recognition, if you can make that distinction? In the, on the 70s, okay. Um, uh, so um, the... Uh, um, when she decided to uh, paint, uh, or she could paint, um, she 
Well, she, she, would, she would actually said, uh, and she used the, the words that she was going to paint about happiness. Um, and and um, that was consistent all all the way to uh, to the you know to the very last word. Um, and but you know hap happiness. Uh, uh, I think we we spoke about um, uh, what do we we we, say, we we talked about you know the ecstatic experience. We uh, but. But happiness is in this world, you know, and, 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 and recognition is something that happens in this world. You know, perception is not, is not really in, it's, it's separate from this world. Like, I can, I can you know, perceive that glass of water and, and it may be, nothing else is, it exists, you know, in this whole room, but if I, you know, look at that and I, I recognize that glass of water, it's actually everything in this room is included in that. That's why I say it's like two sides of a coin. I mean, they couldn't be more opposite. And this is, to me, another measure of Agnes's uh, level as an artist is that she contributed on both sides, on the side of perception. And But the thing is um, that... Uh, uh, both are uh, about the mind. You know, they tell us about the, the mind. And in a certain sense, you know, human beings are, uh, whether we are conscious of that or not, we're uh, always trying to uh, produce a model uh, of the mind. And we're, our comfort uh, is uh, to the degree that we believe in the, uh, the model that we've created. So, uh, you know, as a first rank artist, you know, Agnes was uh, busy in some extent, uh, to some extent, building this model, only it comes uh, in, uh, over, interestingly enough, it comes over, it was separated by a seven year rest period and then it focuses on one side and the other side. Another artist will come along and do, uh, uh, make a model without, uh, uh, being have, having to be made in the way Agnes did hers, but but you know we don't want Agnes to be everyone. We want Agnes to be Agnes. Um, this this point of discussion sort of uh, looks at a, a duality in her work, or two sides of a coin, which are separated by time and by this period of rest, but you also have spoken of a different kind of duality that um, you feel is present in each of her works, and this has to uh -huh. do with gender. Uh -huh. You spoke yesterday of, right. of uh, the dual genders of yeah. an Agnes Martin painting. <coughs> I wonder uh -huh. if you can touch on that a bit. Well, you know, uh, yesterday we... Uh, looked in on the show and, uh, and at the very uh, end we saw the, the video which I compliment you for because I've never seen that. It's a very, very early interview, a video interview. Of, it's beautiful to, to look at just as as an example of an early video. But um, um, 
But she was talking about uh, one, of, one of her favorite subjects that always irritated me a little bit when she went on about uh, the Parthenon, you know, and the Greeks, you know, and so, uh, so I'm doing the same myself, so. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, uh, she was talking about uh, proportion, and uh, this is, uh, 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 and, but I, you know, I, last night I thought um, that I, I found it, you know, interesting in the sense of uh, you know an Agnes Martin painting, because uh, you know artists, you know, first you have to figure out how you're going to build the painting, you know, build your painting, you know, and then once it's built, you have to figure out what you're going to do with that, you know? and uh, and Agnes's. Uh, way of building the painting was, uh, uh, okay, and I'm, I'm going to uh, quote, a, I think, a brilliant friend of mine who, who said, uh, you know, that uh, about Agnes's work, that it looks like structure, but it isn't. And <clears throat> that's this, uh, you know, uh, because if you, uh, there's a relationship to any painting uh, which we have to use the word reading. Uh, it's the same use of the word if you, know, you, you read the face of your friend you know, or you read the sky uh, to see if it's going to be good weather today. Uh, you can read a painting in that same way. And uh, I've uh, noticed or uh, um, because gender uh, uh, has been an extremely important part of uh, uh, the uh, uh, focus on contextual uh, issues for the last almost 25 years. Um, and for example, I'll go to an art school and I'll look at uh, my five minutes in somebody's studio and, and I go, oh, you know, what is going on here? You know, I don't get it. And, uh, and then I go, oh, this is, this is a, um, uh, the gender here is feminine. And so, oh, okay. So then I, I, I read, the, I know that's a sign where I read the painting from right to left. And if it's a guy, I read the painting from the left to the right. And uh, it's, uh, bec uh, that's another uh, line of Agnes's. The point is uh, to see the painting the way the artist sees it. So, you know, if I'm a guy and if I want to see it the way uh, uh, the feminine artist painted, I have to do a gender switch. Yeah. And, but because it's art, uh, I, I've learned this uh, reading. Um, and uh, Agnes, who, and I, 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 again, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad, I came yesterday and we had this meeting and uh, but it allowed me to go back and think about things. Uh, and one of the things I, I liked saying yesterday that 
you know, you know um, Agnes was um, uh, saw the, uh, the 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 need to to go. Um, What gender free, um, and um, in the same way, uh, you know, art uh, is a remarkable tool for spanning polarities. You know, that cannot be spanned in life, and a lot of artists. Uh, 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 choose the most unspannable polarities as the subject of their work, you know, because you get extra points when you can span something really difficult. <laughs> and so, you know, the gender thing is, uh, uh, you know, ready for uh, attention. And Agnes, I think, can, you know, contributed. Uh, okay, so, um, and how she contributed was, if you read her painting, you know, they're squares, you know, they are absolutely the same, you know, all over, you know, so, and the, one of the reasons that format worked for her is because she's saying, uh, uh, you know, read this any way you like, you know. Um, she's equating, uh, this reading. However, if you do read, you find if you, from the uh, left to the right, uh, the painting gives you uh, an, uh, an aesthetic uh, charge just as she was talking about the Parthenon, you know, and the Greeks and proportion and the structure, all those issues. But if you read the painting from the right to the left, you get this almost unspeakable uh, emotional sensitivity. And you find there the Agnes who would say, well, you know, artist, art is really about uh, the subtlest emotions. And those aren't empty words, you know. That's, you know, uh, but you can't connect. You don't know what Agnes is saying until you discipline yourself to read it from the right to the left. Um, okay, now I'm going to ask, you know, Michelle this question, yeah. Okay, and this is really, really bad, you know, and I, I apologize, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, I want to know. I really want to know. Okay, so yesterday, uh, I told this story how at the Whitney, uh, you know, the elevator uh, would open and people I know, and a number of people, this was the first show when Agnes's early work was combined with the late work. The elevators would open like that and people would just break down in tears. And so Michelle told me that she cries. Yeah, when the thing is. So I'm, I'm going to ask her publicly, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Um, 
I think that uh, on one level, it um, it is about having too much information about the artist hmm. and um, feeling. Um, you know, there there are certain people that I am that make me hope that there is some sort of afterlife that is the way it is in television shows and movies where you can stand in a cloud and meet people who you never met in life. Mm. And, um, you know, my people are um, Bob Marley and Agnes Martin. So it is on a certain level about uh, deep admiration for the person and the artist. Hmm. But on another level, I think that it is entirely a kind of physical or perceptual response to um, uh, to her, yeah. her painted vocabulary. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, I, you know, um, I was giving a talk about her work a few weeks ago and um, somebody asked me, you know, what, what, do you, what should we say to people who don't see anything in her work? And I almost couldn't answer the question because um, there, there is so much there. It's so quiet and it makes you um, really kind of lean in to listen. Um, or I guess see, um, mm. but uh, yeah, it's just um, there's a real kind of depth of articulation in the gentlest way mm. that I find. I'm just, I'm getting choked up right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I find, uh, um, uh, I mean, I, I'm interested in everything you say, but the, um, uh, the speed uh, that all these complex emotions uh, uh, find their position uh, in, uh, in relationship to uh, an, you know, a, a painting, a painted thing. Um, and I, um, I felt uh, this, uh, there's a, a part of the uh, painting where you, you have a field and that field uh, uh, stays, is, you know, seems to be about something that's uh, constant. Uh, but when you address the painting and you, um, you see the painting, uh, the experience is very fleeting, very... Uh, uh, and it's... Uh, and in, in some sense, you, you, so you, you know it's, it's inside this field some it must be but uh, you can't really say you know, where it is uh, but you still have confidence that it would be there the next time or enough uh, 
sameness of that experience will be there. And so there's a, a comfort, I think, in, in that. And, uh, but I find, um, I, yeah, this is, you know, I really shouldn't, shouldn't say that, but I actually feel that's a, a, a particularly uh, 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 part of Agnes's work that is, uh, uh, brings her back, brings her to her Canadian roots. That's uh, possible. And that this kind of you know, confidence that she instills in the viewer uh, of a, uh, a kind of a latitude, a net for the experience that uh, for example, in the mentality of the state, the state mind, you, you, you don't have that mentality. You know, it, it's, it's really stressful. You know. And I uh, find that's a, uh, I, I promised uh, to ask, uh, uh, to say t- uh, publicly that I think you know, Agnes really, really, really needs a biography and the time is running out, and if anybody knows somebody who can come up to the job, you know, please uh, give a, uh, a helping hand. So uh, the future generations will be very grateful for uh, uh, a uh, uh, art, you know, a, a collection of, uh, uh, because, uh, it, right from, uh, uh, you know, I mean, she she would say that uh, it took her forty years to find her painting, uh, but you know, and she'd laugh and, and you know, uh, she, she didn't want your sympathy or, you know, but you know, you knew that those 40 years were not wasted, you know, that every single second, you know, she was on the, on the track, you know, it just didn't happen for her until, uh, uh, and so, you know, all these stories of, you know, taking apart Model T's and, and uh, you know, as a teenager, and I mean, just on and on and on, uh, all the sailboating, all the, you know, canoeing, all the, Mountain climbing, backpacking—that's all Agnes, you know. It's in, and nobody knows that stuff. You know? and I think it's in—it's in—it's in the work, and it—it uh, 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 is something that should be uh, passed on. Um, um, and I—I I think it's you know especially because uh, she. Of uh, this uh, reality-based art, because it, it's not a normal biography that's just spelling out. It's just you know didactic, or uh, it's actually asking questions. You know, like how could someone with this life, this background, this experience wind up creating such a magnificent reality-based art? You know? I mean, it'd be a great book for somebody who could write it. You know?
when she destroyed her early work, mm. um, you, you said that she rejected all biomorphic work and mm. she, she threw out Henry Moore along with that. Um, but it was surprising to hear that one of the artists she admired was Andy Warhol. Mm. It was just surprising mm. to me. So I thought, I wondered whether you could, it just doesn't seem like they could survive in a room together. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, no, she, she really, uh, she didn't admire many artists, but she, she did uh, admire Andy. Um, but I, uh, I find, uh, uh, you know, there's a, a, a project um, that uh, uh, came out of uh, Europe. I, I don't want to get too far off, but but the uh, uh, you know European culture is an interpretive culture. It starts with with one. It always needs material to bring back and to analyze and to develop and to reuse and so on. But, but the, uh, the one thing that can't be uh, done, achieved in, in Europe, is uh, uh, the original or, or zero. And uh, this, um, uh, uh, and yet in nature, uh, everything is seeking completion, uh, think, seeking a wholeness. And so um, the, uh, uh, and it's not, we're not the first, but, but this, when you can't get what you need, you, uh, a mother culture uh, sends a colony. You know, there's a colony. And uh, that uh, uh, one of, uh, uh, you know, okay, uh, I'm trying to make it it's simple, but the the horizon becomes extremely important, uh, and uh, of course the horizon is connected with line, and uh, you uh, uh, what we're looking for, we're always looking for, is the energy we need to thrive. To, to satisfy our needs, and uh, uh, the uh, a big project is uh, is breaking the horizon. Uh, one way to say it, breaking the line, is another way to say that. But uh, okay. Um, we spoke yesterday about how Agnes, if, uh, if you uh, really try to evaluate her position in art history, uh, you have to come to the point that her art is fundamentally based on her invention of line on canvas. Nobody else has contributed from that position. When you put line on canvas, it looks like an unbroken line from a distance. But when you look uh, 
uh, closely at it, you see that that line is only hitting the top of the fabric of the, of the cloth, or the gesso, or both. You know, like so. so basically, Agnes's line is not an, an unbroken line, it's a broken line. And as an artist, she, with that discovery, she released the kind of energy that can create art you know, and can be accessed by the viewer uh, and, and, uh, creatively. Uh, okay, Andy did the same thing with silkscreen. Yeah. His, fundamentally, his line uh, uh, um, when uh, it's pushed through the, the screen, the silk screen. And incidentally, uh, both artists are uh, really advanced players in textile reality. Because yeah. uh, the Agnes's line is broken basically by the textile, Andy's is broken. And, and, and his artists, you know, and this is, this is some of the mysteries of art where you get two people who, you know, the world sees as opposite kinds of artists actually are, are connected, you know, uh, and, and understand each other's work uh, perfectly. We were going to ask you about your tie. My tie. <laughs> tie yeah. For yeah. it has a line, it's and a the line. question is, <laughs> is it a primary or a secondary line? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe, we could, maybe we could ask the question about your work too, and we can look at oh, some of your slides. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's. Uh, I just uh, uh, <clears throat> wanted to ask Georgiana, uh, uh, Georgina. Um, you know, we have this uh, the painting upstairs with the you know the red line and the purple, the purple line. Uh, combined, um, and I wanted to ask you, uh, okay, I'm going to speculate, uh, and, uh, and you can, so you can tell me I'm full of it, uh, but uh, there, those two colors, a, it's called a deep red and a light red, yeah. which of those colors goes in space, cuts into space, and which of the colors cuts out in space? I guess I've mostly seen that painting as red, so I would have to say that it's the red that floats. That, that, that actually, yeah, f floats, yeah. Right. It's true, uh, but um, <clears throat> I think... Uh, uh, um, what I'm I, uh, going out is uh, going for is the um, that uh, let's see. yeah yeah okay um, in this you know this image of uh, breaking the uh, horizon mm -hmm. uh, uh, there's, uh, as, okay, as we've seen, uh, uh, well, okay, Jackson Pollock, for example, broke that horizon going into the space of the, of the painting. 
and Robert Rauschenberg broke the space coming from the in, inner space outward, like so, um, which is where you get pop from. You know, the energy is coming toward you, whereas the Pollock, the energy is going going in. Um, and uh, the uh, 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 yeah, uh, I guess I I, I want to. Uh, I want to call Agnes uh, uh, an artist of instinct. And so the question uh, was really hoping to bring out uh, her, that. Um, and uh, so um, uh, and, and also I wanted to create the, the impression of uh, like the, the killer instinct an art a great artist has, you know, where they they want to. I, I was uh, I had a most magnificent afternoon looking at the Tintoretto upstairs, you know, like mm. that is a killer artist, you know. Mm -hmm. And and Agnes is a killer artist too, you know, because you know as soon as you think you're get ahead of the game, you think you you know you can see where she's at or what she's doing, you know. There's another, there's another thing. So, so this yesterday we uh, we we saw quite remarkably that in this all-over grid she didn't go over once, but she actually went over it twice. Mm -hmm. And so the the color uh, that she was going for was. Um, You know, in her mind, um, but I uh, also, you know, anybody who's read anything about Agnes uh, understands the importance she placed in inspiration. You know, and that's another distinction I, I made, that Agnes helps us. I think is a contribution uh, um, because. Uh, she she uh, uh, associated art uh, with inspiration and not with idea. And she was uh, amazingly uh, forceful in uh, her uh, what uh, complete disapproval of uh, the use of uh, Intellect. She's probably the most intelligent person I ever met. You know, but you know, she uh, 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 that seemed to allow her to make a distinction between an idea on the one hand and uh, <laughs> so many, so many distinctions. Anyway, back to the question. Oh, you have to answer. You have I was to answer. Free. No, you're not free. You're not free. Yeah, you have you have this purple, dark red, and you have the light, the light red. Just like my shirt. Just like your shirt. That's probably where the question's coming from. Yeah, and, and yeah, and Ag I'm 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 kind of trying to channel Agnes in this uh, evening here, and she's saying, you know, go go, Richard, go. You know, ask her, make her answer that question, make her answer that question. Yeah, yeah. and you know. 
because it's it's really for 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 everyone everyone yeah so you're she's yeah so how she broke space if she if the I think instinctually I would say that the purple breaks space into the painting uh -huh. and that um, yeah and then the red but But I think that we can't forget about the, the white, you know, in the painting. Mm -hmm. And um, when I stood and I forced myself in front of the painting to read it from the right to the left, I didn't want to cry, but I felt a kind of sense of vertigo. I felt like I was suddenly unstable, mm -hmm. which, you know. <laughs> <laughs> The way you experience emotion. <laughs> That's right. Experience emotion is just falling. Um, and then it was, it was so beautiful to move into the large space and be surrounded by the 12 paintings. And for the first time, I realized, even though you always know that suddenly what's missing in the islands is that vertical, that literal vertical uh, that she has in the rows. And that suddenly while it's implied and maybe it's implied in the way that the viewer stands in front of the work you suddenly are that vertical uh, that it was a kind of liberation um, mm -hmm. and when you told the story of what it was like to drive with agnes martin through new mexico and that she would sit in her seat and all of a sudden she would say yes Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I thought, yes, when I walk into that gallery, that's, I don't cry, um, uh, but rather I say, yes. Uh, you know? And there's, a, there's, there's that play between that white that she plays with, it undulates from painting to painting, um, that is the constant, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, to <laughs> so. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, it's, you know, it's really uh, kind of like uh, easy to talk about someone's work you, you love, but then uh, it's your own. Uh, uh, okay. Um, I guess uh, this is a piece from from '65, and I, so I've I've, I've I've met I've met Agnes, um, and um, I I kind of have to say that uh, there's this uh, you know there's this thing of like a fragment and a whole, um, and uh, there's also uh, like um, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out. I don't care. Uh, uh, but um, a lot of times, my work or this, the work of this period, is connected with a German artist named uh, Blinky Palermo. I don't know if anybody knows Blinky's work, uh, but uh, he uh, was, um, uh, in a way, uh, had a similar uh, relation to Joseph Boyce that that I had with Agnes. Um, and 
it's something, you know, these, this stuff is always, you know, it's bigger than we are, you know, and so like any, you know, we want to understand, but like whatever you understand, you know, is not enough or it's, it's erroneous or whatever. Uh, but I, I, I did have this uh, idea of, you know, about a piece like this where, uh, uh, you, know, it, you know, because it, uh, I, I assume that we all like to, whenever the creative pops up, uh, we, it's like the best show in town, you know, and so if you, you look at it, uh, it, it can be quite thrilling. So what I see uh, in this uh, happening is it's completely natural, you know, just like one day it decides to rain and the next day it doesn't rain. But uh, like, you know, Ellsworth Kelly, who was close to Agnes and, and an, an artist I admired uh, in, in that, in those days, um, uh, really uh, uh, made this startling uh, painting uh, where uh, you were stunned uh, at seeing, uh, it, you know, it wasn't the empty painting of, of the abstract expressionist. It was uh, a, um, uh, it was, how to say, um, uh, it was like, uh, fresh. Uh, anyway, um, I see that now that um, those works, what Ellsworth did was take the secondary line, you know, that is, we're used to seeing, you certainly saw in the, because uh, in terms of the, all the abstract expressionists, there wasn't one artist who used primary line, you know, it was all secondary uh, line. And, um, but uh, actually, you could say Ellsworth opened the space to be primary. Uh, but then, the, and what I'm saying is that the line, the say, secondary lines, and this is what I feel Agnes saw, simply went to the edge of the, of the shape, you know, of the, of the picture. And, uh, Agnes, uh, as an artist, and I keep wanting to, because it's, you know, we very often get in the hands of, you know, art historians, and, and uh, which is, you know, very, very valuable, but there's a difference, there's a huge difference the way artists see the world and the way art historians see the, the world, you know. And um, the, um, so um, Agnes, uh, you know, say, oh, that's primary space. You know, that can be filled with primary line. You know? and, and how do you fill, what's the, you know, you can say dumbest, most logical, most uh, easily communicated way to fill that space with uh, primary line and the grid. You know? I mean, it's the no-brainer. You know? mm. I mean, um, but you know, then uh, you know, I came along, um, and I, and, you know, let's say my work came along, and uh, and decided to uh, remove the the primary line uh, and put 
but keep the primary line on the edge of the, of the piece. So it's like a, it's like a I mean, uh, thesis, antithesis, synthesis kind of, kind of way of nature working, you know, something like that. So, um, um, uh, and I also find um, that, um, I mean, uh, Fort Worth and uh, Santa Fe and have actually done a show of just my work and Agnes's work together. And it is spectacular uh, to see uh, two completely independent artists uh, uh, who have a, a link, you know, have like a, a link in nature uh, that reveal that in juxtaposition with those artists' work, it reveals not one or the other, but art itself. And it, it was really, I mean, people still come up and say about having seen that exhibition, because, you know, none of us, I mean, are that, you know, crazy about underscoring the individual, or we're not trying to, uh, I don't know, be famous or so on, you know, we're servants, as this is a line of Agnes, we're, we're, we're uh, workers in the field of art, you know, that's more important than being a star, you know, so, and because of that, you get to see <clears throat> how uh, this mysterious thing that art is, how it actually functions, you know, in the uh, in real the real world. Because if it doesn't, you, if it doesn't, you're not looking at it here. You're not going to see it anywhere because it's just, you know, it's, it's all out there. So, okay. And I know time is time is short. And da, 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 da. So we are going to go. Uh, I don't think you can see that too well, but those are. Um, <clears throat> A white paper, uh, irregular octagonals, no top, no bottom, no front, no back, that are um, on a, a white, uh, white wall. Um, sometimes you see that they, uh, the light will uh, pick up one side and, and like a, kind of a, a damask. Uh, uh, this is... Uh, 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 yeah, I, I mean, perhaps of, of note, um, um, Agnes, uh, uh, came to um, my studio when um, she she had decided to give up painting, and uh, um, she, I mean, she must have spoken for about eight hours of the most brilliant talk I've ever, ever heard. Uh, and I cannot, I didn't understand a single word she was saying, but I, I knew it was, uh, it was you know, absolutely spectacularly brilliant. And so, uh, and, and from that, uh, that so I, I know it was 67, and from that point, I began this, uh, or my work uh, turned into this uh, irregular octagonal, uh, which I worked on f uh, uh, pretty much uh, the years uh, that she was away. So I find it kind of interesting that my work 
uh, went from the fragment to the whole, you know, when she was not working. Uh, and then when she started working again, uh, my work turned into a, like a, uh, I mean, it, you, know, you, you work for so long and, you know, people, uh, I mean, my work anyway, takes many, many different forms. And so in the, uh, the late 70s and the 80s, um, it was uh, <clears throat> kind of uh, uh, built. Oh, well, we have some to look at, actually. Might as well move, move on with that. Okay, so, uh, yeah, this is uh, from 88. We're looking, this is a piece that's uh, pushed right up against the ceiling. Uh, I made it for a show in uh, Finland. Uh, this uh, uh, whole work, they have a wonderful name. Uh, well, it's called Space in Finland, but it's actually... Uh, called uh, She Recreates Herself as Spacious. Uh, this is a, a, the line piece. We, we spoke about it. Can you see the, the images? Probably not, but um, this is um, where um, <clears throat> I was saying uh, that, uh, uh, yeah. uh, um, I mean, a cog cognition that I'm somebody, you know, since childhood that was looking for uh, a, a metaphor for nature. Uh, I, you know, I had to live with my own nature. I had to live in the natural world. Uh, there, there was no way of, of, of uh, working that out uh, uh, except metaphorically. I even now don't, uh, I mean, uh, I couldn't explain in words what a metaphor is, but I can say that the metaphor that I'm, the word that's coming out of my mouth uh, is a meant, uh, a meant thing. Uh, and, and that uh, would come before the invention of a word. So I have no uh, problem uh, laughing at my uh, ignorance uh, of, uh, uh, I mean, okay, so, um, and <clears throat> um, this, uh, the characteristics of this metaphor are, uh, on the one hand, that I can see it in my mind uh, as perfect, um, and on the other hand, I know that it is impossible to make it perfect in this world. And, um, and I can know that. I can know both things simultaneously and live with it. Whereas before this work came, I, I, it was, I, I, could, I mean, I lived, uh, but it, it was uh, hell. You know? so, and uh, one of the things I like to say about these pieces is that they, because, um, you know, uh, we could, uh, you know, go upstairs or, you know, there's, uh, uh, there are rules in art uh, that we follow knowingly or unknowingly. And, you know, one of the rules uh, is that, you know, people trying to achieve art uh, do a kind of gesture like, this and they, they reach behind, they're looking at their work, you know, and then they reach behind their 
head and to the angels, you know, and grab something from the angels and put it down here and say that's my my art, you know. And you know, I, I you know, we could go upstairs and I, I mean, we have some examples. They're all that that kind of art, you know. And uh, and I I just I just felt well, you know, it's time to you know, give something back to the angels, you know. So this, this line, you know, which goes up the wall and then back, you know, 18 <laughs> inches, you know, is trying to send an energy in each piece. And there are many, many different examples, but each one creates a different kind of energy to send back to the, to the angels. And uh, I mean, I, I mean, one of the questions, and I don't have the answers, I don't claim to have the answers, but uh, is uh, why, uh, why these uh, uh, telltale forms uh, are part of uh, uh, this? Uh, I mean, maybe it's like um, I, can say, I can say that uh, I know uh, art is an invention of human beings, uh, but at the same time, if I want to be absolutely truthful, I'll say that the, uh, it could be that the human being who invented it actually found it instead of made it. And uh, that, that question uh, uh, is... Uh, uh, you know, that uh, relates, I mean, one very important part of Agnes's work is uh, that uh, she decided, and I, I, I was not there, and I, I can only imagine the enormity of the decision when she, she grasped that as an artist, her art had to begin with something rather than nothing. And it's the same, uh, you never uh, know, because the nature of art is we don't know if it's something we found or something we actually uh, caused within our life form. Uh, and, uh, 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 yeah, the, you, you could also measure Agnes's stature that having decided to begin with something rather than nothing, uh, that her images, her, uh, you want to say, emptiness, her paintings look like she started with nothing. And that's one of the most beautiful tensions in Agnes is how it engages the viewer, you know, in the visual experience. Because you, uh, she's true to this, the actual origin of art, because it's only when you're true to the origin of art can you uh, ma make something that art's intended to do for us. Okay, that's, uh, thank you for, it must be a great audience because I really <laughs> got that one out, I think. You know, like, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, this is a, this is a, these are, a, it's a group of drawings that 
uh, I finished and then I realized that they needed a, a grid, but a sort of a ballpoint pen grid on, on top. Um, and that, uh, uh, let's see, uh, I don't think I know why they uh, uh, need the uh, grid. Um, but um, uh, yeah, um, why do they need a grid? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know why they need a grid. Um, um, because um, you know, there's uh, well, okay. Uh, you know, if Agnes were were here, I mean, we we actually, you know. She thought I was nuts and teased me and all that kind of stuff. But but there are times when uh, uh, you know she uh, you know have a certain idea. Uh, so like one um, that uh, and and this is what I think she would agree at you know with uh, because she uh, you know we're uh, you know meaning uh, it's. Uh, uh, and, and bear in mind, you know, we're not just like trying to be philosophers or so on. You know, this is really about uh, searching for content, you know, and trying to find the most interesting content. So, so meaning, uh, um, and you know, like, uh, what's the uh, ultimately, you know, what's the meaning of life? You know? And because. Um, uh, you know, life is um, filled with uh, their interior fears, their exterior fears, uh, uh, and uh, we might uh, try to uh, be free of, of fears. Uh, 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 but uh, if you uh, uh, work that way, uh, and which I think you can, you, we we. All of us can be free of fear, uh, but uh, that doesn't bring you to the meaning of, of life. Yeah. Uh, so, um, okay, uh, then I'm, I'm going to throw in uh, just one other Agnes idea where, you know, it's, you know, yes, inspiration, but she was aware uh, that her mind, you know, she talks about the empty studio, clearing the mind, all of these issues. What she's really talking about is uh, that even though you receive inspiration, you only can receive it in terms of your ability to receive it. And so if art is inspiration uh, and you are setting out to make art, you're going to try to be the best you possibly can be to receive in inspiration. So issues like, you know, what is meaning? You know, do you need to know what meaning is, you know, to receive inspiration? You know, or, or, or is that, could you, by just concentrating on being free of fear, could that lead you to the greater ability to receive inspiration? You know, so well, all those issues are, are uh, uh, you know, what art, uh, is uh, supposed to be in for us in today's world, and knowing full well that uh, you, you're 
you know, this is not a, uh, average, uh, what, uh, You know, you're, you're, I mean, that's, you know, I paint far out abstractions, you know. That's what she, this is, it's far out, you know. <laughs> and she knew that, and that's what she wanted to do. And so, uh, uh, she, you know, and, uh, yeah, well, uh, okay. Okay, so uh, why is there a grid in here? My, 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 thing, my thing is, is that, um, you know, the, me, the, in, uh, the meaning of life is life. Yeah. That's the meaning of life. Life is the meaning of life. Yeah. But life includes a lot of bad stuff, you know. And so this, this grid here is actually, in, you know, in terms of art, is allowing you... Uh, to look directly in the eyes of art uh, with all the destructiveness in, in, that's in life and, and to not be uh, afraid. You know? uh, I, I read a, a wonderful line in Greek this, this morning that said, uh, uh, if you're afraid of laws, uh, you don't have to be troubled by laws. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Okay. yeah, enough. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We've gone a bit over time, but it seems to me it was so worth it. I think we could have been here for two more hours listening to you, Richard. I, I want to thank you so much. Thank you. I think actually questions about the meaning of life is probably a good time to stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, will, we will be here for three more hours. But I want to thank all of you for this evening. I really enjoyed it. And Richard, thank you for your such thoughtful insights into Agnes Martin's work. I've always liked Agnes Martin's work very much, but very much in a visceral way. I've never intellectualized. I've just stood in front of it and really enjoyed it. And I shall continue to do so. I shan't try to intellectualize it. <laughs> and I'd like to reassure you that in education, we aspire to facilitate seeing here and to facilitate experiences so good just good. so good. you know <laughs> so <laughs>in two weeks' time, we have Philippe de Montebello, the, who was the director of uh, the Metropolitan Museum in New York for 30 years. He'll be talking on the 27th uh, for the RAP lecture on contemporary art. And then we have Kitty Scott, who'll be talking about Betty Goodwin on November 14th, and that's in Jackman Hall. So please come back. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this Art Gallery of Ontario podcast. For additional recordings, as well as information on upcoming programming and events, please visit us online at ago.net slash talks.